Welcome to episode 187 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 187 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going mate? I'm very good, and you? Bloody brilliant. That's the story. Why are you very good? I'm very good, the sun is shining as, as we, we always like to have in Christchurch and we've got a good week of weather forecast. It really is, is it good, is it? It's looking good. Because basically I'm still been wearing my jacket. It's actually I'm still wearing my jacket right now, actually I'm probably going to get a little bit hot if I take it off. You, you do look so hot right now. <laughs> Thanks mate. Um, no, I'm had, glad you noticed. We had a crappy week last week, so oh. looking forward to a good week. Good times, okay. Uh, I am talking proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com For the best coffee, enter this code IAMTALK at checkout. Trybuys.com Get on there for your Christmas deals, let your partner know about it. And spin the crank. Athlinks.com Social network for endurance athletes for all your results, tracking and social needs. And in this week's show, we've got news, we've got age group of the week, we've got high five, website of the week. We have an interview. With the Rapster. Yeah, well, nice. We're doing it in about 15 minutes time, 10 minutes time. Yep. So we'll kind of cut the news short and come back in. That's right. But they won't know that. They won't. We didn't actually have to tell them that. No. But we did. We did. Because we love sharing with you guys. Okay, so news is brought to you by xtry.com. Go check out the latest news, reviews and interviews with the stars every week on xtry, every day on xtry, because mm-hmm. that's how good they are. And uh, the first piece of news, John, is Iron Man Western Australia. Last race of the season. Well, last it was a pretty hot day out there. Race. Sounded like it was pretty, pretty hot, as you said. Uh, I had an email in this morning, apparently 35 degrees on the run. Um, well, of the 34 pros that started, only 20 finished. Mm, apparently 75 IV drips at the end. Um, really nice. Which is uh, quite school. a high percentage because it's not a race that fills out. I'm not sure how many competitors it would well, What's fill. interesting is they still have teams. There's 111 teams. Really? Yeah, so they're still doing a team thing. Are they the only race that's still doing teams? I would be pretty confident they'd be the only Ironman race that does teams. Yeah, um, maybe Malaysia or something like that, but I. I, I yeah, I, yeah I, I don't recall ever seeing teams in other races. Yeah. But until they sell out, why not? Yeah. What was interesting, I was reading the article about it, and Patrick Vernet actually took it out. But he still works. Yeah, but interesting to see if he works full-time or not, but he's well, still, he still he's quit this year. Yeah. At the end of the race, he said he's, he's taken a year off work mm-hmm. so he can focus on Kona and try to get a pony at podium on Kona. Yeah, he's he's a good performer in Kona. I just, you know, he, he missed the pack this year in the swim, so he usually comes comes into the top ten and he's good and consistent, but he'll really need to step up. I think well, he's, he's not going to be working. Yeah. We'll see. He's been around a long time, though, Patrick Werner. He was racing a lot when I used to race over in France, and that was, you know, uh, 10 years ago. Back, back in Nam. <laughs> back in Nam. Okay, so the results, what happened on the men's side of things? So it was, it was a good race on the men's side of things. Um, you had Jimmy Johnson, who apparently took off on the bike. and uh, had an Achilles injury, and so he yeah. knew he had to basically get some time on the bike. And he's not the strongest runner either. Um, yep. But uh, So he took off on the bike. He was first off the bike, and then it really sounded like there was a bit of a pack with the contenders coming off, and... Of them, there was uh, Patrick Vernet and uh, last year's winner Tim Bockle and uh, one or two others. And then um, Patrick Vernet, as you probably would expect, and as predicted last week, he uh, he ran away with the race and, and won an 8.13.59. Nice. So 48-minute swim, 4.35 on the bike and 2.47 on the run. So 8.13 is a little bit slow slower than normal for that course. Um, they, they you know There's been... Times when guys have been back but that, on the But that right course now. is very much weather dependent, isn't it? It is. You know, like if you get a calm, not so hot day, you're going to have a fast day, aren't you? That's right. Yeah. 
Second place, Scott Nieri, pretty impressed with that. Uh, 47 minute swim, 435 on the bike, 251 on the run for an 817. He, I mean, he's he's won Ironman UK, yep. um, but I think this is a that was a step up. A, this is a step up still from yep. that, and he, apparently he was absolutely thrilled with the result. Yeah, because afterwards he was saying that he, it was always Patrick's day, mm. but for him to pull off that kind of race was pretty you know, phenomenal. So it was good, and then Jimmy Johnson <coughs> held on even though he was injured for third and eight twenty one. Had old Jason Shortis there, um, you know, uh, eight thirty seven and sixth place. Last year's winner, um, Tim Bockel, blew out with like a four-hour marathon, I think, yeah. and uh, 4.07, so he was back in 17th place, and uh, that, that was pretty much the story of the day. And on the female side of things, good old Gina, what's her new name? Crawford. Crawford, I've got to remember that, I've got to get that in my mind, it's like mm-hmm. when we transitioned from Iron Man talk to I Am Talk, it took a while. Yeah, it does take a while. It took a while, most people don't Research. do that, most, most girls just keep, if they've already got a popular name, they just keep the original name, don't they? I like the way she did it. Nice, she did it quickly, yeah. and uh, she had, it was very good to see her back in the, the winner's circle because uh, she's had been a pretty a rough year. Well, it's been a funny year, hasn't it? Beginning of the year, great. End of the year, great. Middle of the year, not so great. Not so great. So she obviously had the heart <laughs> issues. She also had some injury issues, with I think, either with her foot or with her ankle. And a um, European tour just wasn't probably what she was hoping for. Got sick when she went to Wisconsin, so good to see her back. 50 minutes swim, five hours, 50 minutes just about flat on the swim, practically five hours flat on the bike, and then a 3.22 on the run for a 9.16, which is... It's a slow run for her, isn't it? Well, it's a slow... For, yeah, for that time, you consider last year she went just under so nine, nine hours. Yeah. I think she went like 8.58 or 8.59 last year, so quite but so yeah conditions were tough but but still I think she'll be really pleased just to have a good strong race behind her you know to be fair you know um, the, the girls she beat are people we've never heard of before well I've never Charlotte heard of Paul. before other than Charlotte Paul and Kate Bellacqua but they, they both faded a bit um, so Chris, Gina won 9.16 Chrissy Sim was second in 9.20 um, and I read somewhere that Gina was Gina was cramping on the run um, so she was really just conserving and just trying to get the finish uh, okay. she, well, that, that Chrissy Sim that was her mm-hmm. first ever Ironman nice. apparently she's a multi-sporter multi-sporter mm-hmm. coming across the dark side 25 nice mm-hmm. and then uh, Sarah Pollitt was third no 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 coming to the Jedi side yeah okay the other dark side mate uh, okay. <laughs> oh wake up oh, Bevan wake oh. up Bevan uh, Charlotte Paul only fourth place she'll be disappointed with that um, she's won that race before and gone I think she might have gone either very very close to nine hours or possibly sub nine so she hasn't had such a great year and Kate Balaqua who as we've talked about before she had that fantastic race with Joe Lawn and just outstanding yep um, never really done much hasn't, since hasn't done much since in 9.45 well um, he's still had fifth yeah but it's not and the other story of the day what on the girls side of things was Rebecca Keat uh, pulled out of the race. Um, I'm not sure after the swim. I'm not sure if it was during the bike or, or what stage. But she uh, DNF'd. But she's had a busy season. She did Kona, finished yeah. Kona, and then she Roof. also did uh, Rote. But she also did after Kona. She did World Long Distance Champs. So you know, busy season for her. Yeah, did she go there? She won it. Can't remember. Losing uh, my memory. John. Losing my memory. No, she. I think she won it. Losing my religion. There's a song on that. Okay. Well, the next I am race is Challenger Wanaka. Mm-hmm. So we've got to wait. What date is it, Bevan? 17th? 16th, 17th? 16th, it is because we finished Epic Camp on the 17th. So that's the next one coming up. And you know, this time of the year is um, fairly quiet on the news front. So if you guys do have any news of note, feel free to flick it through to us. Well, we went on good old Tri Juice and good old 
North Carolina Triple T is announced. So that originally they've only ever had one Triple T, and now they're stepping it up. It's getting huge, John. It's, it's getting bigger, it's bigger, getting than, bigger than Texas. Bigger than Texas. So I, if I was in the states, I'd be all over this. I'd be straight there. Well, I don't know if I'd be straight there, but if, if I <laughs> if, if I didn't have two kids and I was struggling to try, I'd be in. Well, maybe I wouldn't be. <laughs> I, I, I love the concept of what they do here. So, so it's a sprint one day. Sprint, uh, sort of a prologue one day. Um, oh, is it a prologue, is it? Uh, so it's a time I'm not sure if it's sprint or, or, or what it is, but it's a short race on the first day, two Olympic distance races on the second day, and then a half Ironman on the third day. And you end up doing a complete Ironman over the three. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like, I, lo- I really like that. Mm. And you, you can do it as um, teams or individuals, um, and when you do it as teams, you actually do the racing together, so it's not like you do part of the race each, you actually do it together. Uh, I just think it's a cool concept, and for guys that are looking for something a little bit different, if you know if you've worn out your Ironman racing a little bit and you want a new challenge, I think this is a great great thing to do. It's a really good combination of speed and endurance, and also you know pace control, not blowing yourself to pieces in the first um, first couple of races. Have you ever done two Olympics in one day? No. Really? I thought you would have. You've no. done everything, John. No, I have not done that. Really? Uh, I've raced back to back and went one weekend, but I have not raced two Olympics in one day. That would be very, very hard. I find that really fascinating. Do you? Well, because you're kind of like, you know, you're like the... I don't know anybody who's done two Olympics in one day. Well, I thought you used to have races where they did like 200 a day or something. No, not, not Olympics. You do sprints, but I never did those either. But um... So you've never done two triathlons in one day? No. John, we need to tick this box. <laughs> we do need to tick this box. <laughs> oh, because I, we need to, if there's a, you know, you get the t-shirt, remember when you get the wings t-shirt, remember that? Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when I was in Dunedin, not, the university boys used to have a wings t-shirt, and basically wings means what kind of shagging you've been doing, and they had all different kind of wings, so you, your mate's best mum's wings, and this, and you had all the t-shirts, mm-hmm. and to tick all the boxes, you're a bit of a legend. Right. And when it comes to the triathlon wings, John, I reckon you've just about ticked every box. It's a lot. Yeah, there wouldn't uh, be many you haven't ticked. Not take the double. You need double to get your double wings. Okay, we'll see, we'll see what we can do. We'll try to arrange something. <laughs> okay, I was sort of an app. Well, I did the I did John's quad T, where we did sort of did more than one in one day, but that wasn't really racing. Was it just training, was it? Yeah, we'll find something. Yeah, we need to do something. Maybe mm-hmm. next year with the Trimu Triathlon, where I got fourth, I might recall. Uh, we might have to <laughs> we might have to take on a sprint at the end of the day or something. See what we can do. Okay then. Uh, what else is happening? For anybody, anybody who's uh, in the states, Ironman Hawaii is coming up on December December nineteenth on NBC. There's a bit of a preview on uh, Competitor Magazine uh, website. It's pretty. Uh, it's just sort of nothing, nothing really worth watching, but it's. Um, <laughs> But I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the coverage on December nineteenth oh, will be good. Watch. <laughs> okay, Eddie is uh, he well he did fifty marathons in fifty days about oh, about two months ago wasn't it? And he's decided to do an Ironman. I mean, you gotta like this guy, don't you? He's, he's going for it. Yeah. He's, uh, what do I really like about it? Did you read the article? I've skim read it. No, but which I bet you didn't. Uh, but, but I think he might be going to Andy Potts uh, Ironman version because didn't he say he's got to swim five k? Yeah, that's what I like. But also <laughs> it said. Oh, he, he's going to swim, sprint, and then bike. And I'm thinking, oh, he's going to sprint the runners. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but yeah, he's going to do a 5K swim. So he's going to do he's a core. Do, do the Andy Potts version. Yeah, Andy Potts version. So that's uh, pretty much the news. For the Any week. other news, bit of news you had was uh, Kurt Dink, who runs. Oh, that's right, you're Kurt Dink. Ran, ran, runs Ironman Germany is uh, no longer going to be running that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Well, we knew that anyway, because he, he sold his company, didn't he? Mm. I wonder if he was forced or if he was sold. Yeah. And. Basically, the goss was that he was going to be, was well, not really goss, he was going to run the European division. Oh man, this God, watch is annoying. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a cheap warehouse one I bought just yeah, for running. That's what you get, you get, uh, get what you pay for. Bloody annoying. Anyway, so, where was I? So, he was going to be running it, but a couple of months down the track, he's decided to quit. Mm. 
but we haven't really read the article, so maybe we should actually read. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, Dan, Daniel, the German Gazette, was got us an interview. We never did it. No, I, I emailed him. He was he was too busy. Oh, well, now yeah, he's retired. Hopefully when he's retired, he'll dig some dirt. No, I'm sure he'll have a, a, a clause in his contract. Yeah. Saying, saying you, you always have to love us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, let's put some music on because we're going to we'll talk about discussion in a minute because we've got Rapster on right coming now. on. Here we go. So we've got the rap star interview wrapped up. What is it wrapped, there? Nice. Oh, wrapped it up. He wrapped it up. <laughs> oh, he's a good man. It's a good interview too, actually. 35 minutes of... Uh, he sa- he sounds like coffee. a bit of a smart cookie, doesn't he? He does. It's clever, talks well. Yeah. You'll, hear, you'll hear that in a moment. Yeah, because they're a bit sharper than us. Mm. <laughs> so this week's discussion was, basically, you're in a race, it's head-to-head, and Kona, you're not a pro. just any race, head-to-head, you may be going for the win. Yeah. 100,000 US on the line and a fellow competitor asks you for a gel or a salt tablet or etc because they missed it at the aid station would you give it to them? It's a few people I think took this perspective as, as the, the racing sort of age group and they're being friendly so um, I'll, I'll So what, you disregard what they're saying basically? I'll what some people said <laughs> But anyway, I'll, I'll fire off first with uh, Glenn Newbold These are the ones I've got uh, Heck no, it's not my problem They didn't get their race plan correct and they've everything they and they should have everything they need. It's not a team sport, so I'm in it to win it. And every advantage I can get out on the course, stuff him. Okay, Tim Porter. He's got as a pro. I think it comes down to alliances and professional friendships and adversities. Uh, would Sadler hand off a salt tablet to Macca if he had cramp? I would think not. But would Bazzoni? Perhaps he would. Mm-hmm. It's a good call, actually. I like that. Well, you know, because you did you know, Macca did talk about alliances and things like that. So yeah, I yeah. guess that has some. Credence there. Uh, Dave Robertson, my one experience with this came at a local race this past season. I noticed a competitor with the body markings in my age group prior to the race. He was decked out in all our national team kit and with a rocket of a bike in the rack next to me. We came out of the water close together. His wetsuit zipper got stuck. Although the thought of uh, pretending not to notice crossed my mind, I helped him get out of his suit. Would I have reacted differently if I was a pro um, racing for cash rather than age group a ribbon on the line? I would hope not. I wonder if the guy beat him. Mm. And then you'd be cut today. Oh, this is a quick one, and I like the quick ones, but Christian uh, has uh, an Eskin. How do you say that? Isa, Isakin, Isakin. It's different, isn't it's, it? Depends if the cameras are on. That's true. <laughs> James Botel, ground rules. Athletes need to be prepared with the right gear, enough gear, and knowing how to use it. That includes planning for all reasonable race outcomes, not just the best one. For most, the competition is a personal one, not against fellow athletes, but against the course and yourself. So I would help a fellow athlete without question, provided I thought I could spare what I needed. No point in giving away something only to get in trouble yourself. If they were suffering health issues, I would definitely give them my time, abandon my race. A race becomes memorable for what you give rather than what you got. Triathlon has its Chrissy Wellington CO2 moment. Other sports are littered with great noble stories of sailors who abandon Olympic races to rescue competitors or bobsled teams who loan their bobsleds to competitors. That is the stuff that is, the stuff that is legendary. Well, Jules Gorham, definitely good sportsmanship has its place in training and in racing. Even as a pro, if they beat me because I was down to just one jail, then obviously trained harder in the first place. No matter what, they still owe me a beer later. Cheers. So Bevan, you're running along, you're in Kona. You're in um, first so, place. So, so, say you're in third place. Oh, first, on, the, on the lead. And, and first and second maybe fading a little bit. Maybe you're running along with with somebody and it's somebody you don't really know you know of them but you don't know them and uh, and you're feeling good you've got the right amount of gels to get you through the race you've got the right amount of salt tablets they start to fade and they say hey man have you got a gel 
What are you, you going to do? I think, first of all, you've got to put your race first. Yeah. So first of all, you've got to say, well, have I got enough for me? Mm-hmm. In this situation, we'll say I have got enough plus. So maybe oh, I've got okay. one spear gel. Yeah. I'm not going to jeopardise my race yeah. for them. So would I do it, John? <laughs> would I do it? I'd like to think I would because I kind of think that as a competitive me, I always think that if you make the people around you stronger, you've got to be stronger yourself. But it's easy to say that yeah. now when I'm not running in Kona. I don't know. See, I think one of the, the things that came up here, you know, if, if somebody was in trouble... And, you know, oh, your health reasons. Uh, you know, yeah. They were pinned on a boy or they were looking like that something bad was going to happen. Oh, yeah, For no, sure, yeah, it's I would no stop. Yeah. But if I was in a race situation, and um, yeah, like you said, if, if it was a mate and, uh, and if they were short on stuff... Um, let's, say, let's, say, let's, say you, let's say I did it to you. So you come up to me and you go, be a mate, we need Joe, and we're going for the win. I didn't give it to you. Would you hate me afterwards? Well, no, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd sell it. I'd, I'd either buy it or sell it. But I, I don't think I would ask anybody for it. If I was in that position... Oh, wait a second. Oh, so you're thinking money-wise. You're going, okay, if you win, I want some money. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'll give you this gel, but it's going to cost you. On twenty percent, if you beat me. <laughs> but no, if, if 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 I was in that position, I don't think I'd ask other people for stuff. Um, if, no, if I probably I, wouldn't either. If I'm out on a ride and if I get dropped, I don't expect people to wait, and I don't often wait for people. Um, <laughs> I noticed it when we went to Queenstown. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, and it's, I'm just a bit selfish on, on that front. But yeah, and I'm the same. you right. he's so selfish. <laughs> if I'm in a race, I'm in a similar position. Um, I, I don't think I would ask fellow competitor for anything it's your own I think it's your responsibility but then again John if you're going for the win at Kona these are the times when you you kind of break your rules don't you if you're in the place for a win for Kona and you're just running out of puff and the guy next to you you know he's got an extra gel surely you'd ask I think I'd still get to get to the next aid station I don't I I don't know like you said the heat of the moment something different might happen but I think I'd probably get to the next aid station and probably try to refuel rather than asking somebody else and and I kind of feel the same way if somebody asked me for something I'd be like so what would you do? Would you say no or just ignore them? Uh, probably just... Uh, <laughs> I've got, some, I've got water, water on the air, water on the air. If it was a mate, it would be a different story, but if it was just somebody who I thought just wasn't... It'd be a hard one as a mate, wouldn't it? Because the problem is, what happens... Let's say, you know, I'm in a race and we're looking close to the wind of Kona and I'm, I'm struggling, you can tell I'm struggling, you're probably thinking, yeah, I'm going to drop him. Mm. And then I go, mate, can I have a gel? Mm. And the problem is, if you give it to me, that's going to be on your mind for the rest of the race. Mm. You're going to be thinking, oh my God, he's got this gel and he's staying with me. And you'll get a little bit angry about it, so it takes your energy away mm. from your race. Mm. But uh, I, the I dynamic mean, of it's amazing. Personal responsibility, I think you've got to be prepared for all situations. Chrissy Welling was not prepared for, to, to, to change a bloody tyre correctly, and I just think it was your own fault, and I don't think, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have given a CO2 cancer. Really, you wouldn't have? No. Oh. It's nice to know. I know. Mm-hmm. But Chrissy, we want you on the show. Yeah, Newsom. Newsom. <laughs> He's selfish yet, Newsom. I think also, um, you can't feel angry at the person if they don't give it to you. Oh, totally. You know, if, if like after the race, if I hadn't given it to you, you couldn't be mad at me. But yeah, yeah Rebecca, Kett, I reckon, would probably be would have been the only one that might have given you that. that oh, you reckon the pros are quite hard, you reckon? Well, how many of them went past? Heaps went past. But they were on the same get... team as well, weren't they? Was Keaton no, on the team? TTB? No, no. Interesting discussion. Well, it's a discussion of the week. John said, make one up this week. And I was thinking about left field, actually. I was thinking of going, how did you pick up your partner? <laughs> no, veto. Hand has gone up, veto. Okay, so then I came up with another one. <laughs> Got the hand up. He's so selfish. Um, it was, if you're at a party and someone talked to you about an Ironman, but you're actually trying to pick up a partner, mm-hmm. so maybe a lady or a man, yeah, and you, you iron them up, yeah. and you actually just want to shrug this person off. Yeah. You got one sentence to tell them one tip about Iron Man. Mm-hmm. What would be your sentence and one tip? Let's assume they are 
a beginner triathlete. So they've done some oh, triathlon. Yeah, they're, on the, they're on the new some three-year plan. Oh, on the, no. No, <laughs> let's say they're not. Because okay. a three-year plan, two and a half years into it, you, you know your stuff. Okay. It's the idea, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so yeah. they're just going, I wouldn't mind doing that Iron Man thing. You're going, that chick over there is looking hot. Well, one sentence, leave okay. them. Right, okay. Okay, beautiful. All right, that's our news and discussion of the week. Here's the music. One, two, three, four, high five. Shouldn't even put the music on, John. We shouldn't have. Because we don't normally do that for the high five. I just we bring my, my energy in. That's true. We're going to have to, we're going to cut a couple of things from the show tonight. We're going to roll them over to next week. Because the rapster was too good. He was, he was good to us. He, he, he saves us some content for <laughs> <the> next <laughs> no, week. It's, and it's the quiet time of the year, isn't it? So first of all, we sent a good, a good email to our good mate, Gordo. Because I was thinking, I need to get some 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 tips here for the for the Epic Camp boys. We've got them coming, got them coming down here in a couple of weeks' time. I love what you've done here, John. Gordo Burn, Ultraman, Hawaii champ, founder of Endurance Corner, offers us some tips for way long riding. That's right, because we are riding way long, nearly two thousand four hundred kilometres. And Gordo is an experienced man at going long because he's ridden across America and has done some pretty epic things. And how long did it go to go across America? I think it was six weeks, wasn't it? They took a while. I don't think they went the most direct route, and they were swimming and running as well along the way. I think. Yeah. Um, so he's it done some long in, riding. Class, class. Wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. When you're doing these long rides, one of the uh, issues you're going to come up with is keeping that undercarriage in. Oh tax. well, I'm actually writing a piece at the moment about Epic Camp. She's <laughs> right. Writing. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what did you think? No, no, people can just think what I was thinking. Just, just try to imagine. <laughs> And, and, and a part that I'm writing is about how sore it was between my legs. Remember that first, I think the first one I did, yeah. I was using the wrong kind of cream and it was actually making me raw. <laughs> it was yeah. making it worse. Oh, and so I said, use this cream, it's really good. And it was just getting worse. And by about the seventh day, I figured out that it was the cream that was the problem. Mm. I was in, oh. And you get on the bike and you're on a yappy place. Well, you're going to be trying to avoid that. Okay, so number one. So no, two, there's two issues that need to be managed when you're, when you're riding long. Pressure and hygiene. Um, the first three tips are related to pressure. The next two are related to hygiene. Okay, first one. Have a stable saddle under you. Movement causes friction. Friction causes trauma. Don't like trauma. So seat selection is important. And that's also backed up. So, so that's just making sure everything's tight as well? Well, no, it's, it's more actually getting the seat that is right for you. And it's interesting, I, was, um, I got a bike fit um, done a couple of weeks ago, and it was by a, a really an independent guy who works at a medical practice, so he hasn't got any ulterior motives in terms of oh, really? trying to upsell you or anything yeah. like that. And did he upsell you? He didn't upsell me, but he... Because he, <laughs> you I, wouldn't have bought it. No. <laughs> I said, is it, you know, would you, you know, there's, uh, there's other bike fitters, you go in there and you always come away with... Yeah, 5,000 bucks with the new stuff. Yeah, new pedals, new seat, new... Yeah whatever handlebars etc etc and he said look there's the, the one thing that I, if I was going to sell something here would be seats it's the biggest change I, I, I make with most really? people who's doing this sorry who does it was this out, uh, Active Health Anthony Chapman he's a New Zealand um, been New Zealand team um, ridden the Tour South a number of times okay. so he's a physio and a uh, and a bike fitter as well and so he says you know seats he changes a lot of people's seats because um, that's the thing when you buy a bike it just comes with what it's it got. comes with a seat and so you don't really buy something that's Condition for you. You just come with the seat that you got, and and then you might see a fancy seat reviewed somewhere, but not every seat is right for the right uh, is right for different you know, different seats for different people. Okay. That's Gordo's second point. A saddle like the Cobb's Cycling V Flow with a cutout in the middle would do a lot more to reduce pressure points than going for a super soft saddle um, or very thick short shorts. Huge amounts of padding reduce stability, and for long rides, the movement that results is not good. So. 
that's another point. You know, if you're thinking I'll go get the biggest, chunkiest um, bike pants, not such a good idea. Oh, because I have that spongy thing on my seat. Yeah. I'm not, so sure. <laughs> not so sure that's a good idea. But I've always had it and it's been great. Yeah. I know it doesn't look cool. I never really care. Cool. No, I always give a bit of shit about it, but it's all good. Yeah. Number three, once you're stable, key thing for the guys is firm support of the tackle. What does it mean there, John? You lost for words. Either via supportive shorts or a speedo. What he's meaning? Speedos like togs. Really? But what about the rub? Well, I, I, this is not something I've experienced with. This is a whole new. Uh, I've worn dimension. speedo under my shorts off and on <laughs> over the years. If you wear a tight suit under the shorts to lift the boys, then make sure that the seams are not creased across the saddle. Yeah, that's what I found. For the ladies, the best advice I've heard is make sure that your lady bits fit into the cut of the saddle. Everyone should be very cautious uh, with seams that cut across the saddle. Contact points. Well, this is the thing I'm thinking of speedos. It's yeah. because they have that thick seam. Well, that's the thing. You've got to be careful where the seam is. Yeah, but it'd be pretty hard because it's a narrow bit through there. Mm. Mm. Interesting. I know, I know Annalise, my ex, who yeah. used to ride for New Zealand, she used to get some pretty sore lady bits. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't good for the love life. So, oh, no. <laughs> so you got to make sure she gets a good saddle. <laughs> good speedos. Yeah. Uh, number four. Always get uh, out of your bike shorts as fast and often as possible. This is a downfall I had in my early days. I used to get a lot of saddle swords. Yeah. And, and I, I think at the end of the day it was because I kind of it was didn't... hygiene issues. It really was because I used to kind of get home after a ride, do a bit of work for a couple of hours, you know, not get out of my shorts yeah. straight away. Never um, recycle dirty bike shorts. Um, carry baggy board shorts. Uh, guys, avoid Velcro fly <laughs> and loose cotton underwear so that your crutch gets as much air as possible when you're off the bike. Run in lightweight running shorts, not in your bike kit. If you're at home, just go around naked. That's true. Yeah, just uh, be free. Get a hair dry down. (laughs) I remember going in the gym once. I'm at the gym. And then this guy's in the... the, They've got that area where you do your your hair and crap. This guy's doing that. He's got the dry dry out in front of everyone. I'm like, really? (laughs) I don't think it was was about 60. Okay, always use antibacterial wash and have antibacterial wipes in your day bag. That's right. Yeah. So if this actually yesterday, um, I went out, bought a little tub of uh, chamois cream for everybody in the Epic Camp. Oh, and nice. Ordered like twenty five tubs of. You were inspired, cream. were you? I was inspired. So, um, so next week, any other tips? Uh, what about bike tire pressure and stuff like that? Does that make a difference? Oh, I don't think so. No, not no. too much. Um, basically, just got to remember to lube up every day. So chamois, chamois cream, and you and can be generous. Don't be, mm. you know, don't be skint on it, man. If you. I'm going to be slipping off my seat <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time. No, you watch those films of those Tour de France guys. Oh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> they use like a bottle a day. Oh, yeah, like the the, the one um, of the, the telecom team, Hell on Wheels. Yeah, yeah. And that the Sonneur was getting like a handful of stuff and just rubbing it over the whole chamois. Yeah. Um, so the, for, the, for them, you know, the, their, their bum is obviously well used to the seat and they've probably got a good setup, but it's that antibacterial sort of issue they've got, you know, trying to keep everything nice and clean down there. And the reason this is important, and this is why, like I remember in Epic Camp when I did have those problems, Problems is that you, you can't focus on training mm. because it's it's kind of like when you get a blister when you're running it just becomes your focus of attention and you just if you can avoid it it's actually not that complicated mm. and it's just make sure you do it because it just especially if you're going to do like a big training block mm-hmm. where you're doing continuous days in a row if you get into day five and you can't actually walk because your legs are rubbing so much it's just not good for you so this week was on prevention oh next week part two what do you do the shit happens and you do. <laughs> the shit hits the fan. If you get a saddle sore or you get some pain down there, then uh, what to do? See, he should have told me that on Epic Heavy to do it. 
So if you want to find out more about Gordo, go to... Uh, Gordo is kind of one of the great thinkers of our sport, isn't yep. he? Endurancecorner.com. There's lots of free content up there. Um, and obviously, you can sign up for their, their coaching package as well. And uh, you're way laughing. Nice. And I've got camps coming up and uh, yeah, plenty of things happening. Love his work. Okay, we're going to put some music on. Then we've got the rapster on. I'm going to put some rap kind of music on. Nice. Some, some urban. That's yeah. what they call it. Urban music. Here we go. Mate, he's going to love that. He's going to listen to the show. And I think he's going to think, bugger Iron Man, I'm going to be a rap star. That's right. Yeah. It is the rap star. I can't believe, oh, we'll find out in a minute, but he was saying that we are quite original with the rap reference. That's interesting. I'm quite surprised by that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so. here's Jordan Rap. He's great. Okay, right, on today's show, we've got uh, Jordan Rap, winner of <coughs> Iron Man Canada, winner of Iron Man Arizona, and a man who's, who's stepped up big time this year. So uh, welcome along to the show, Jordan. Thanks very much. I'm uh, happy to be here. Do you get people rapping to you all the time? Because I know on our show, we're not that original, and we always do the rap store when we, we do a bit of rapping when we say your name. Is that, is that the most unoriginal thing we could do? No, I don't think so. Uh, nice. It's Actually, at Canada, when someone, this reporter asked me what my favorite form of rap music was, and that was like the first time I'd ever been asked that. I thought really? it was pretty clever. But of course, you know, in that moment, you know, your brain is like... A, functioning at about one percent so i couldn't even think of any music that i liked you didn't pull out jay-z no actually i'm not a huge jay-z fan like i was uh more of a wu-tang clan like that was the first yeah old school so but i didn't think of that until like you know several hours later once i'd you know eaten some food john's here isn't it john crazy stuff you're talking about (laughs) anyway just before we start i um i was on your blog yesterday or the day before and uh did I see? Have you, have you just been married? I saw a picture of you, and uh, I'm not sure if it was your wife or <laughs> hoping it's your wife or your partner or what's. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's my wife as of uh, Sunday, uh, oh. Jill Savage, who she raced uh, Ironman and then also on the ITU circuit for Canada for a long time. Yeah, she won uh, Pan Am gold in 2003 for Canada and went to Olympics in 2004. I was going to say, I knew, I knew she went to the Olympics. Very yeah. Did she, uh, did she used to be coached by Brendan Downey? Was that right or not? Uh, I think... Hey, Jill, were you coached by Brendan Downey? Yeah. Yep, there she says go. yes. John, that's go. good work, mate. Mate, you're just delivering. Oh, well, congratulations on that. Was it a big weekend? Yeah, I mean, it was like, I, you know, I said I did an Ironman one Sunday, and then I had to get married, you know, a week later. So it was like everything just flew by. But, yeah, it was really nice. I mean, we had a small wedding, just 21 people. Um but it was, I mean... I have to say, I like your suit. You're a bit fashion, mate. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to have a little bit of style. I didn't want to get totally outshone, right? You know, like, try to <laughs> I, I did think she does outshone you, but your suit's still flash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I expected to be outshone, but just I didn't want it to be like by like a thousand times. I figured like a hundred times would be okay. So you, you just you just spilled the beans on, on Jill's triathlon background. Um, you know, we know of your results of this year and the last couple of years. But maybe tell us a bit about your you know your sporting background um, before you got into triathlon and, and, and sort of where you come from. Uh, okay, yeah, I didn't really uh, do any swim, bike, or run in high school. Like I did uh, lacrosse and squash. So. Uh, I guess like Kate Major, also a squash player, so maybe there's some roots there. And then in college, I was a lightweight rower, 
so I did that for four years. And then I was, uh, like, I did some uh, national team selection camp stuff over the summers as a rower. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of, I guess, found that I had a knack for endurance sports. Uh, and so I was trying to, you know, hoping to make a national team and go to, like, world championships and that for rowing. And then I got uh, injured just because training like a an idiot after college. Mm-hmm. You don't like you you don't have a coach anymore, and so I'm like, oh, I'll just train as hard as possible every single day. And then uh, you know, of course, you get injured. And then uh, then I was like, okay, well, I'll rest for a little bit, and then I'll come back and I'll make up for lost time. And so of course, like I got hurt again, yeah. and I was like, well, maybe I should do something else for a bit. And uh, I had a bike that I rode some for cross training over the summer. Um, but I went down to a local bike shop and I said, so I'm thinking maybe I should do some bike racing. How fast do you, do you guys do a race and how fast do you go? And they're like, oh, yeah, you should come out. It'd be awesome. And I'm like, well, how fast do you ride? And they're like, oh, you know, we, we usually go like 26, 27 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But this is like for a crit, but I didn't know anything about crit <laughs> racing. And I'm like, man, when I ride, I go like maybe like 19, 20 miles an hour. Like mm-hmm. I can't be a bike racer. Like I didn't know that you could, like I didn't know about drafting or anything <laughs> like that. So I was like, oh, that's no good. So I was like. I'd seen uh, Iron Man on TV one year, and I was like, that seems like, you know, all right. That seems like it would be a bit of a challenge. Like, I know how to swim. I like to ride my bike. I'm not much of a runner, but I figure I can I can do it. So uh, there was some local, like, uh, age group athlete who did a bit of coaching at the uh, gym that I'd belong to. And so he had, like, a group. So I contacted him, and he sort of introduced me to the sport and, then I just sort of fell in love with that, and I, I always thought I'd go back to rowing, but you know now it's like I guess seven years later, and I'm still saying maybe I'll someday go back to rowing. <laughs> so, so, what was your first race experience like? I mean, did you did you take it out, or were you uh, towards the top, or you were way at the back? No, I did. Like it was a small race, so I think you know it's when you race against two hundred people or whatever at a little local race, you get sort of a bit of a false impression maybe but it was probably like the perfect race for me because it was a half mile swim and then a 17 mile bike on this just ridiculously hilly course and then a 5k run so it was like you know you basically a 10 minute swim and then uh probably close to an hour bike and then you know however long it takes you to run your 5k um so it was really like i always have i think had some good legs for cycling just coming from rowing and just i've you know did that so i i ended up I was sixth in in that race. Um, that was my first race. It was funny. My mom came and she volunteered and she was talking with someone. She's like, oh, yeah, my son's doing this race. This is his first triathlon ever. Like, we'll probably see him about halfway through. And then I think at that point I was in fourth when I came through the aid station. I was like, hi, mom. And she, she was – and then she didn't even realize, I think, until I was sort of had grabbed a cup and was through the aid station that it was me. Um, so that was pretty funny. But uh, – and then uh, – it just sort of went from there, and like I did a lot of local races, and I had I had pretty good success doing sprints and Olympics early on. But then, of course, like I was like, oh yeah, I'm good. And then I went and did, uh, I think L.A. one year, and you know, got my ass handed to me. So, <laughs> you know, then you realize what it's really like, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm not really that fast. <laughs> so now, now you know you've been pretty successful in the sport. Are you actually a full time pro, or do you actually work as well? Uh. I say that when people ask, I say that being a pro triathlete is my full-time job and that I have some other part-time jobs. So like when a work I do for slow twitch, like, um, is not full-time. Like I do a little, so I do two things. Um, we have, uh, the FIST fist bike, uh, fit workshops where we teach, uh, people from like coaches or, uh, bike 
uh, dealers or even some people like from industry folks like, uh, you know, a tracker Cervello will send their employees to learn about how we fit because we do a lot on geometry. And I teach those workshops and there are about seven of those a year. I teach those with Dan Emfield. Um, and so that's one of the things I do. And the other thing that I do is that I am the sort of website manager. Technically, I'm the chief technology officer of slowtwitch.com incorporated. So you're so, a bit of a geek. Yeah, I'm a, more than a bit of a geek. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Ah, and I mean, obviously, this year has been um, you know, a, a big win, big big year for you with um, with two wins, two Ironman wins. Maybe tell us a little bit about your day in Canada. I mean, um, when I look at the results, you you were a long way in front, and um, I was interested to know how you how you sort of stayed motivated to keep going all the way through the race when you you know you probably had it sewn up um, relatively early in the day. I actually like I didn't know that I had sort of the lead that I had, um, like I, I mean, I came out of the water, I think maybe 12th or something like that, uh, about five minutes down from Mark Van Ackeren, who was way off the front. And then I think about three minutes down from Luke Bell and Andy Bosher and a lot of those guys. And then there was a, a bit of a back and forth once I sort of caught like some of those guys or the, that group ahead, like Mike Agros and, uh, Brian Lavelle and some of them, and you know everybody rides really hard down to the Richter because it's it's mostly downhill, and then everybody just smashes the you know the first part of the Richter because they think like oh it's not that long you know and then you see the top but that's really like not the top it's halfway so um, you know but I knew that because I live up there yeah, yeah. So I was like all right you know I don't know where you guys are going but uh, I guess I'm pretty sure I'll see you later <laughs> uh, and then we get into the back section in the in the Similkameen Valley and then like the wind starts to pick up a lot and I'm like, oh yeah, see, this is, none of you guys knew this was going to happen, but I knew it was going to happen and then I just sort of rolled right through everybody in pretty good succession and then uh, like I had some people that were like, oh, you know, it's your two minutes, two and a half minutes, 2.15 and then finally you hit that out and back and you really see how close you are and, you know, I figured that I'm going forward and they're coming backwards and I was pretty confident I could catch them but, you know, you never know. And then uh, we hit Yellow Lake, and you know Luke Bell was—I uh, think he was—he was quite tired at that point. And I caught him on the climb up to Yellow Lake, which I think I did probably about fifty times in training. So mm-hmm. I yeah. knew that. And then, uh, and then Andy Bocher, like just on some of the, like, because you think that that Yellow Lake is sort of the top, but then you you end up descending a little bit, but then you climb again, and then you do the big downhill. And then it was about halfway down the big downhill that I. Uh, I finally caught Andy and then, uh, but you know, I'm always like, I've been caught at braces before. So I'm like, okay, I gotta, you know, I, for sure you think like that when someone, you pass someone, they're going to come right back around and pass you. So, um, I figured like I just had to stay on it. And then, um, you know, I hit the run and like, I had never really had a, a great run in Ironman before. Like I had some good runs, but you know, never something where I was like, yeah, I really nailed that. So, I was pretty nervous going out on the run. You know, I thought, like, Luke Bell is definitely a better runner than I am. Like, I had a yeah. bit of confidence because he passed me in Wildflower, and then I passed him back and, like, sort of then moved away. So I was like, okay, so at least I've done it once, which is, you know, nice to have. Yeah. But for sure, I was I was really nervous going out because I think, you know, people said, oh, you only have, like, three minutes or whatever, and, you know, I headed out and I was... I was running a pretty good pace, and I, I run with a with a Garmin, the GPS. Um, I think just for Ironman, it's like 
your pace, you just got to stay on it because you feel so good mm-hmm. and you run way too fast and then you feel really bad and you run way too slow. So yeah. a, that helped. And, uh, you know, and everyone said, like, he's getting closer for the first, like, I think, 10, 15K. And then when I hit the turnaround, you know, he was still pretty close. And then that was sort of people, I sort of knew that he was about four minutes back. And then that was basically like the last that I heard because the courses, they really have done a much better job now of like locking it down. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, they don't, people can't sort of go and, and come and tell you. And, you know, it's not like Hawaii where there's a leaderboard. So, you know, basically for probably 15, 20K, all I knew is that the last time I'd seen Luke that he was about, you know, four and a half minutes back. But I didn't know anything beyond yeah. that. I'm like, if he's holding that same pace, you know, like I'm definitely going to get caught. And so I think it was, I didn't really think like, okay, I have this in the bag until I had maybe about 2K to go. So. <laughs> right. Nice. And was it a similar sort of story in Arizona for you? Arizona, like, was different because that race, especially on the bike, it takes a lot out of you because on those second and third loops, you're really, like, sort of stop, stop and go because you've got to make sure that you don't crash into somebody and all that because there's a lot of people on the course. And yeah. and you just have to be cautious. So I think that that is harder on your legs than just sort of riding, even if your power is lower. Like it's that stop start really drains you. And then the run has so much concrete and it's all these little sharp ups and downs that like, I don't think if they, I don't, I'm amazed at, at how fast, like say Andreas Rayler, like running a 246 on that course. Yeah. That's astounding because the first, like you, the first lap feels okay. And then after that, you just, your legs are just so, so tired. At least mine were. And I was sure like, I mean, it was a little bit of just everything. I was like, I would get some splits and I'd say, okay, you know, if I don't run slower than 4.15 per yeah. K, then I'll be okay. And then sort of it would be like, okay, now I can just, just have to keep it under 4.20. But I was definitely, I was nervous and a lot more, it didn't come easy. Like in Canada, even at the end, you know, when I was nervous about being caught, I still felt like I was running well. Whereas in Arizona, I thought, you know, if somebody's really running super well like i'm not going to be able to lift this pace whereas in canada i thought if somebody is closing i I sort of feel like i have another gear whereas in arizona i felt like that was as much as i had to give for sure you're kind of in a name that's been on the show because we always do the stupid rap joke but (laughs) you're kind of in a name that's been on the show you know pretty much from day one really eh, in races but seems to be that this year you've really stepped it up again what why do you think this year has been the year I think that last year I made the two sort of the big mistakes that you make in Ironman, which is I think that you either you are too cautious on the run and you expect the race to fall into your lap, and that's what I did in April. And then in November I made the opposite mistake of you think that you know you got to just smash the run from the transition and that's how you're going to win the race. And so I ran way too fast like i ran the first lap in arizona in november like i was going to run a 240 and i was not going to run a 240 so i think it was sort of you know i knew to that you actually have to race you know you have to be willing to race the run in certain parts but you also can't race the whole thing you know you're not going to race the whole marathon and i think you know i sort of knew how to find that middle ground and i think that was that was really the big thing um and then i think just you know, you get fitter every year. And I think I, you know, I started with a a new coach this year because my old coach, Joel Filial, left to go and he's now the head coach for triathlon Great Britain. 
So now I'm with Michael Kruger, who is uh, Rasmus Henning's coach and uh, Dirk Bockel. And so I think, you know, when you, you get a new coach, like it's, there's always a change. And I think that sometimes like, you know, your body responds to change. And I think that it wasn't so much that he had like such a, some great insight. I mean, I think obviously he's a great coach, but I think Joel is a great coach. But I think that, you know, I trained a certain way for four years. And then I think sometimes when you shift that training, that gives your body a bit of a boost. And so I think that it was a combination of, you know, sort of being ready to win and then, you know, having that sort of stimulus of changing my training. And I think those were the two things in my mind that really sort of came together and made the big difference this year. Well, what's it like to get the win? You know, like you've, you've kind of been in it for a few years and to actually start winning some races. What's that like? It was... The surprising thing for me was how different other people saw it. Like I thought, well, you know, it's not like it's so different, right? Like I just swam a little bit faster and then I just rode a little bit faster and I just ran a little bit faster and then added up to the win. So to me, like the win, it wasn't so different from like an execution standpoint than coming third. But then everybody else is like, oh, my God, you won. That's incredible. Whereas like when you're third, it's like, oh, you're third. That was that was pretty cool. But it like people don't think that's nearly as cool as winning so that's why where i was just totally taken aback at you know that i got like just all these emails and congratulations and everything like that and i mean winning the race in the moment is is pretty incredible i mean to cross the line and just yeah. be in the shoot and to know i mean it's like you don't really want the race to end i mean except for the fact that you're really really tired so you want the race to be over yeah. but in that moment in the shoot, you're just like, okay, this could just go on forever because it's just like, it's unbelievable. Everybody's cheering and you just feel like you're on top of the world. But, you know, in the aftermath and sort of looking back and saying, what did I do differently that led me to win versus come third? It wasn't so different, but people saw it really differently. So that was sort of surprising to me. You, you talked a bit about the uh, your, your run pacing just before in terms of um, <clears throat> sort of figuring that out. One thing we notice about your races is you're a bit of a bit of an axe on the bike, and you often dominate the dojo out there. I mean, um, what's what's generally your strategy on your bike? Is it similar to your run, where you're trying to do an, an even output all the way through, or are you really trying to play to your strength and really um, axe the bike and, and make it count? I think it depends on the course, and like I try and be a little bit strategic, like at Wildflower, where the whole you know the race really starts at about you know. 60k in and you know all those hills come at the end and that's when everybody's tired you know there was a race where i really thought well if i'm going to put out the big watts it's going to be on the hills where i'm going to get a lot more out of it and so there i really sort of rode conservative until about that 40 mile mark right after you cross over the bridge and then really picked up the pace but for ironman racing everybody thinks oh you make this big move and you really you know pick up the pace but I definitely think that it's more of a case of like that I just seem to slow down less than other folks. Like even in Canada, you know, when we got into the valley and I picked up the it, it picked up the pace a little bit, I actually didn't hold that pace quite as much. But I think I did a much better job of, you know, on the I was conservative on the the flats and then I was more aggressive on the later parts, but if you actually looked at how that sort of manifested itself, it was just with pretty even pacing from like a power perspective but then at a race like arizona you have only one lap of clean riding so there if you're going to go hard you got to go hard the first lap because after that you can't you can't just put your head down and hammer because you'll you know you'll run into somebody and you know you'll <laughs> it'll be a big crash and you'll probably take yourself out and a whole bunch of other people so there frustrating um or is it just it's a deal 
I think it, you could be frustrated, but I mean, it's the third time I've done the race, and you know that that's the deal. And I mean, people are people are really courteous. I mean, that would be the only thing that would be frustrating is if you, you know, because I'm always saying, you know, trying to shout ahead, you know, on your left or please stay to your right or that kind of stuff. And yeah. and people are awesome about doing that, and uh, that makes it easy. And you know, they're dealing with the same thing, right? You know, they're p- passing people, or you have some folks out there doing their first Ironman that are getting, you know, passed by these, you know. People, folks, you know, doing three times the speed they are, you know, I mean, that's probably not the most enjoyable thing. So it is what it is. And I don't, I don't mind it. It's, you know, I think everybody's in the exact same boat. So you just, uh, you just, you know, make, make do and, and deal with it. So, I mean, when you're out there racing, are you um, racing to, to power or are you just sort of mainly going off perceived effort or how, how do you pace your way through the day? Uh, at a, like in Canada, it was really a lot by the power, like, um, because there, you know, that you're, it's just, you have so much open road and it's pretty, pretty steady. You know, the, there's basically the big climbs and other than that, it's pretty rolling. But then in a course like Arizona, you always have to have your eyes up. You can't be looking down at a power meter and you can't, and even just if you wanted to, like even if you could say, have a little display in your glasses or something of what your power was, you didn't even have to look and really see what it was it would still be so hard so there after the first loop then it's just i just go off really just effort cool and what what about um how do you if, if using canada as an example how do you figure out what power you can sustain to in order to run a good good marathon is that through lab testing or is that through um previous races or how, how have you gone about sort of setting up your zones so I do some like uh, time trial efforts, and like I have done the work in the lab. But like if you sent me out for ten minutes, I could tell you probably within, you know, one or two percent what my threshold power was at any given moment. Because you just sort of learn what the lab test, how that translates to how you feel. You know, you just get a sense of your body. So, and then I just use sort of that basic math of about. 75 to 80 percent of that power is what you're going to ride your Ironman at because that just that just is the rule right nobody beats that cool um what about Kona where does it sit with you what's the what's the yeah are you going to attack Kona next year or is that a a big ambition or like what do you what do you think about Kona so for this upcoming year I decided to do the that new series the revolution three series like they have they have pretty good well, they have three races, and I like – so you can be a part of that series. And they have really good prize money at all the races. And I I like that they're investing. You know, if you – the prize money at their very first Ironman is more than double what it was at Arizona. Yeah. And I think that if you're going to talk about being a professional, it's about making a living in the sport, not just, you know, winning yep. the, the race and all that kind of stuff. And so when I – I look at the you know to win that race is the same prize money as it would be to come third in Kona and when you think about everything that like, that happens in Kona and the different like I just feel like I have a better chance to win that race yep. than I would to come third in Kona and when I eventually you know my goal to go to Kona is to be like you know I like to go like Crowey went right where you mm-hmm. or you do your first time and you come second and then the next year you win you know and even <laughs> first time yeah. you went. Sounds he easy. was in the mix. Yeah, he's in the mix from the get-go. Like, I don't have, you know, people talk about, oh, I'm going to go to Kona and get some experience or whatever. I mean, I think the experience that you need is you need experience winning races. I mean, that's what Crowey had and Maca had and those guys had. And I think that if you have that experience, that's worth more than anything else. And I just don't think that 
I don't think I'm ready to win Kona right now. So in that sense, it's not as appealing to me as winning some other race. Yep. Nice. Uh, we like to look at that series. Did you do any of the races uh, this year? Yeah, I did the half Ironman, which was I got a flat tire, unfortunately, but I really like the course. It's just a, it's a kick the you know kick the crap out of your course. Like nobody hides on that course. It's big hills and you know uh, and the run is hilly. I mean, it's an honest effort course. So I really like that. So they seem like a pretty well organized company, don't they? Yeah, and they're really receptive. Like I, I mean to talk to the guys there, the guy who's putting on the series and then, you know, Heather Golnick and her husband are sort of the race directors. So you have somebody who, who did this sport as a, you know, and does the sport as a professional, yeah. you know, they know what it's about for pros and like they, they see that there's a value in having pro athletes there. You know, I think they're trying to use pro athletes. And I think with Ironman, you know, those races sell out whether the pros are there or not. And so for their business model right now, I think that, you know, we as pro athletes, don't really contribute a lot to Ironman. And I think that's, you know, certainly that's, there's a big part of that burden falls on pro athletes, but I think it's also just sort of when I couldn't go to those folks at WTC and say, listen, I'm going to help you, you know, double the capacity of your races because they're already selling out. So, you know, that's, there's not really that same opportunity. Whereas at this race, you know, I think that I have an opportunity to really be a part of growing it and doing all of that kind of stuff. So I think it's more, when I look at it from a business perspective, there's more opportunity from a business standpoint to be involved with Rev3, at least for this year. We like your style. Right. Tell us a little bit about the charity you've been working on because we, we uh, heard about that a few weeks ago in terms of the you know, your fundraising you're doing there. And, and tell us how it went and exactly what you're trying to achieve and if, if people can keep contributing what they need to do. So the charity is World Bicycle Relief, and it was started by F.K. Day, who's a brother of Stan Day, who is one of the founders of SRAM. And SRAM and Trek were the two companies that got together and started it, but now it's it's pretty much managed and run by SRAM. Uh, like the World Bicycle Relief offices are in SRAM's head offices in Chicago. Oh, cool. um, so they really oversee it, and FK is really like he's the man behind it and, and driving it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I met them, those people, at Interbike because I'm a Zip and Tram-sponsored athlete, and they sent out a little email to all their athletes saying, you know, if you're coming to Interbike and you can spare an hour of your time to just, you know, come and be at this World Bicycle Relief booth to, you know, maybe – just shake some hands and sign some autographs or whatever, you know, we'd love to have you. And so I signed up, but I didn't really, I didn't think anyone's going to come and want my autograph or anything like that. Um, it was good to, I signed up before I won Canada and it was good. Like after I won Canada, I was like, well, at least I have something that, you know, like some credibility now. Um, but I didn't know anything about it before then. And so I went and I sat down, you know, and I, I did some research beforehand so that when I go, I'm not the total, you know, ignoramus. Um, It seems really cool. You know, they, they send these bikes and they give them to, you know, farmers or students or healthcare workers. And, you know, they really just empower these people to do something with, uh, you know, to take charge of their own life. And that really, I like the idea of that. You know, I think it's great. Something like live strong where you're like, okay, we're going to beat cancer, but the people, it's it's really far removed. Like you give your money and then it goes to a lab and some yeah. guy does great work with it, but you don't really have a tangible sense of it. Whereas I think with this, it's you know 134 bucks buys a bike, sends it to Africa, and then somebody gets on that bike and it changes their life. Yeah. And I like that. 
I mean, to me, that's more of sort of the way that I like to to do things. You know, I like people to empower people to change their own lives. And I think it's great that other people want to support other charities. But for me, this was sort of the way that I thought it would be great to do, you know, to give back and to make some change. Um, so I said to them afterwards, I said, you know, I don't know if you'd be interested, but I was thinking maybe I could uh, do a raffle or something and raise some money as part of, you know, my training for Arizona, you know, I'll hit up my sponsors and get them to hopefully give some nice prizes. And then we can just sort of do this raffle and then, um, I'll give a percentage of my prize money so that people think like I have, I'm involved. Would you be interested? And then the people at World Bicycle Relief are like, oh yeah, that's, that's great. And then they really, you know, they make it easy because all, you know, they send out all the tax forms and they yeah, do all the, the and stuff, all the, the, you know, the legal work. So I just have to send an email saying, will you give some stuff and you get a tax write off and someone else will take care of that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so I got tons of support from, I mean, like sponsors, you know, specialized gave us, you know, a, a whole frame set and a set of wheels and, um, zip gave this big prize pack. We you know it's their top of the line arrow bars and all that kind of stuff. And just all the, you know, this huge outpouring where people were giving, you know, these incredible prizes. So I, you know, I was like, yeah, you can enter this raffle and, you know, you can win the, this, you know, SRAM Red Group, which is like 2,800 bucks. So I think people were really excited that there were some good prizes and then they're giving to this good cause. And so I thought I didn't want to have it be like where you could sort of give a little bit and then you get a raffle. So I just thought, well, let's do a raffle ticket is $134 because that's how much a bicycle costs. Um, and then I found out that if you raise $15,000, you can send a sponsor a whole school because they also train two mechanics to work on the bikes that go to that school. So it's 100 bikes and two mechanics. And cool. then Pedro's gives them a, uh, all this big special toolkit and trains them and everything. So I thought, okay, that's what we'll shoot for, $15,000. But like in the first 24 hours, I think I got $7,000. So I was like, oh, maybe that's a I should shoot for something bigger, you know. I think within two weeks we hit that fifteen thousand dollars. So then I signed that deal with Specialized, and so I said, "Well, how about you guys give something, and then that'll be a neat way to announce that you know I'm going to ride Specialized bikes." And then they gave some stuff, and then I had some other people that had expressed some interest. Like I met this guy uh, who's a winemaker in California, who's also a triathlete, and he said, "Well, I'll give you two cases of wine." So I just had a lot of people that found out about it, and then they wanted to get prizes. So I had a big second round of prizes, which was great. And then I said, well, let's raise some more money. And then World Bicycle Relief said, we have this person who's agreed to match 100% of the donations for the entire year to World Bicycle Relief up to $1 million. So I thought, okay, if we raise $22,500, then that's $45,000 after this guy matches a gift. So that's three whole schools. So I said, let's shoot for that. And I think um, we ended up doing like twenty. 2000 flat but then there's actually some matching funds coming in from people who donated and then their company matches and then Janice Charity Challenge is going to uh, chip in because I did that as part of Iron Mare in Arizona so there's 750 bucks and then um, then I'm chipping in another I think $960 as percentage of my prize money so I think we ended up raising about tw- just under $24,000 total and then that'll be doubled so oh, that's pretty awesome mate cool. yeah. and like, is that going to be saying it's going to carry on yeah, so people can keep donating. I mean, I had to end my portion just in terms of saying, okay, these are going to be the raffle tickets, but you can still go to the page that I have up, the ones that you guys link to, and people can still donate on that page. Um, and then even, you know, I don't think I ever need to shut that page down, but, 
you know, even if I, I did something else, you can always just donate through the worldbicyclerelief.org homepage and you get, you know, 100% tax write-off and all that kind of stuff. So, But I, I think it's great and I'd like to do some more kind of raffles or um, fundraisers or something like that, you know, and hopefully pick one or two big races every year and do some fundraiser of that because I really got a lot out of doing it and it, it was awesome for me too, so. Cool. We have a couple of quick fire questions that we chuck at the pros when we have them on the show, and I'm not sure if we remember them all. We're but gonna have to wing it. I know one of them. Do you wax or shave? Shave. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Do you use moisturizer on your face? No, I only shave my face like once a week, and then I use aftershave on it. But so that's the only time. You don't try to keep yourself youthful. Yeah. No, I don't. You know, you gotta you gotta be training. You gotta have priorities. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I like what you're saying. Here. So no facial moisturizer, no bloody eye cream or anything like that. That's that's I like your style. And the final one we always have is uh, if you do a marathon, if, if you're doing a fresh open marathon, if you trained up for it, you know, say you did like a, a 12 week build up for a marathon, what what do you think you could run? I think I could run. T- 236. 236. Oh, 36. Nice. Okay. I like a specific. I'll take that time on. That's what John wants to run. The Christchurch Marathon next year <laughs> is a challenge. I'll, I'll donate some money to your cause if, if, if you beat me. <laughs> if your time is, is quicker than that. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show today, mate. It's been oh, awesome. thanks very much for having me. And if people want to go to um, the Rapsters uh, site, you go to blog.rapstar.com and you can find out there's. You're a regular blogger, and um, we see plenty up there, and you also can catch Jordan on slowtwitch.com. Love your work. Thank you very much for your time, Jordan. Questions and answers. And the first one's from... uh, Here we go. Good old Dave McCormick. And finally to my question... Uh, basically, he's saying his background, he's been doing some triathlons, he's thinking about doing an Ironman, and bloody good. If I used to walk run in most or all of my steady long training over the UK winter, yep. likely to be um, steady, interval long run, long brick, three swims, three rides, will this cause me problems if I want to race using run only? Oh, this is interesting. I'm thinking of doing at least uh, the long run and brick sessions, run walk, possibly a steady too. Um, I can't at the moment see myself run walking in pure running races, although I can do this for tries. Mm. Uh, do you think I should do a couple of my 20-mile training runs? So basically he wants to know if he's going to train run walk and then wants to run the try, well, no, is that a good thing? And he's running the London Marathon in April and he wants to have a time of going sub 250. So that's sort of getting into the realm that, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure on the best strategy yet with the run-walk. Um, the guys... It's up so, 250, so he's doing pretty good. Yeah, so 250 to three hours, I still would be recommending um, the run-walk because I've had plenty of guys that have done that in races. Yeah, Andrew um, Black did it last weekend, yeah, didn't he? He ran a 125 <coughs> and a half Ironman doing run-walk, not doing the one-minute walk. He wasn't doing nine on, one off. He was doing running, um, walking aid stations. And that's what I'd suggest for most people who are going, say, going looking for a sub three in a marathon. Um, when you're starting to get below 250, uh, I'm not so sure, and I haven't experimented myself yet in that area. So I would say, to, to basically play it safe, I would be suggesting you do some of your tempo runs, some of your longer tempo race pace marathon efforts, continuous, and but still doing some of the run walk and more of your interval sessions, but some of your longer 
your tempo sessions, I would suggest doing that continuously if that's what you're going to do when you race. Well, we've got another question here from Rowley from Richmond in London, and his question is, I'm planning to complete an Ironman distant event next June for Forestman. And so winter training has started in earnest. I'm lucky enough to have a decent 30k commute each way to work with minimal stoppages. My long ride is on Sunday, but in terms of commuting, am I better to just do the four or five times a week, actually two times 30k, obviously both ways, uh, do the commute two to three times a week, but try to extend the home leg to say 60k twice a week? Uh, frequency versus distance is a doubt. I have time or energy to commute four to five times per week. And go long. And a little bit of background on there. Um, Rolly from Richmond uh, is basically switched over from, from cycling to triathlon. So, so he has a good cycling base. Yeah, so my actually advice would be, I know you're asking questions about commuting and so on, but probably actually looking at what you're going to do over winter and perhaps work on your weaknesses a bit more because you, if you come from a cycling background, cycling's probably not going to be your weakness and uh, you're possibly better off looking at spending a bit of extra time swimming and running um, so what I would suggest you do is do option two where you're commuting two to three times per week maybe adding. extending a little bit but also doing maybe some running off the bike so maybe one day extend your ride on the other day you're biking home say the 30k and then getting off the bike and, <coughs> and running off the bike but I think most people out there if you're coming from a background of one of the single sports as a, as a single sport whether you're a swimmer a biker or a runner and you're getting into triathlon you need to look to focus on your weakest discipline not your strongest discipline Okay, good old Gary Smith saying, Love the show. I've been working really hard on my swimming this winter, increasing the number of sessions per week. One thing I am learning that is it takes a while during my sessions to home in on the right pace. If this is the case, how do you do a warm-up for a race, e.g., you know, 400-metre swim, when there is no opportunity to get in the water before you start? Mm-hmm. Try Billy. Gary well, Smith. What, what I think you need to do in your training, and I've said this before, is um, you need to practice uh, going hard from the start. Obviously, you've got to be a bit cautious um, in training that you are appropriately warmed up. So my suggestion would be that uh, every so often you do a dynamic water on the so- a dynamic warm up on the side of the pool, doing some um, basically doing your race warm up. So going for a little bit of a run, doing some dynamic stretching. There's a lot of research out there now saying that static stretching is not a good thing to be doing before racing. So dynamic stretching, things like arm circles, um, some running drills, perhaps some some plyometrics. <coughs> the key thing before you get in the, in the water is actually plyometrics. Very light plyometrics. You're not trying to go out there and do a strength session or anything like that. But a few burpees or, or just things like that. Through the range of the motion, yeah. just to bring so getting your range of motion going, doing some arm circles, and then getting in there and actually doing a race simulation. So you've got to simulate racing, you know, often. And then when you actually come to the race, you know, it should be okay because there are plenty of instances where you can't get in the water and do a warm up. So you need to practice, 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 and then it won't be so bad on race day. Last week we had the question about Polar being Matt compatible and, and Aaron Hurwitz yeah. uh, sent through an email saying he actually talked or checked with Polar six months ago and they told me they told him that Polar doesn't have Matt compatible software. That's, that's no, which is actually no, poor. It's it it, pretty poor. Like nowadays, you know, lots, there's so many Macs out there. I think in the in the laptop market, it's about thirty percent of the market now. So right. to, and to not, it's kind of a bit behind the times, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. So you know what? There's probably some software out there. There's probably some third party company who's doing it. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe Google search is the way to go. Sponsors. Actually, before we leave, James Botel, he's actually sent me through a, a retailmenot.com, which is if you want to get codes of cheap of any internet place. Oh, right. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, so, and it's all pretty much worldwide. So, if you're doing some Christmas shopping, check that out, retailme.com. But one thing you Retail did. Retailme not. Retailme not. I'll put a link on iontalk.me this week. But 
he, he did the websites of the week for us, didn't he? Yeah. He's done a he's done a spreadsheet, and it must have taken him bloody days. Mm-hmm. He's listened to every show we've ever done, and he's done every website of the week. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a permanent link on our homepage, and so you can actually download that. And if you've ever listened to an old show, because to be honest, we haven't really been that good at keeping all the old information. So if you want to see all the old websites of the week in one spreadsheet, he's done it for us. So James, it's bloody legendary work. And I'm going to put on the website this week, and we're actually probably knew you're going to be updating our website, changing a little bit. So yeah. we'll um, add that in there as well. But it's just mammoth effort. So thanks for doing it, James. Nice. Sponsors. Okay. What's this coffee's of ideal here? Uh, Albert's basically sent me an ad to put on. Okay. But he's basically saying that if uh, I'm going to put on the show in about 10 seconds, but if you when you go to check out, put the word Tisane. Tisane, T-I-S-A-N-E. And you get uh, 25% off and a free tea diffuser. It's coffees order. and teas of Hawaii yeah, now. So, yeah. Here comes the ad. It might be drinks of Hawaii. That's right. Yeah, nice. Here's the ad. Called Tizan, the tea is produced from coffee berries grown only on Molokai, but it tastes nothing like coffee. After the fruit ripens on the bush, its pulp is stripped from the inside bean, dried, and ground up. It's then blended with an infusion of flowers and herbs grown on the island, including lemongrass, jasmine flowers, and ginger root. Coffees of Hawaii selected those infusions for their complementary flavors and medicinal properties. The coffee berry itself is known as a strong antioxidant. The idea of making tea from the coffee plant came about during this year's September to December coffee harvest. The staff at Coffee saved the pulp from Molokai's Mule Skinner coffee, which dries for six weeks with the fruit still on the bush. The nutrient-rich pulp was previously returned to the fields as compost. Coffees of Hawaii says producing the design reduces company waste by reusing the pulp as a profitable product. It also adds a mellower dimension to the company's highly caffeinated selections. Coffees of Hawaii is distributing its tea statewide and globally. For Hawaii Public Radio, I'm Catherine Cluett from the Molokai Dispatch. Rivers.com. Bevan, is it still going? <laughs> is it still going? Life, no, it's the simple things in life, John. It is. Tribeyes.com is it's still going. Spin the crank. We're not going to spin the crank. Don't spin the crank. But the sale's going on. Well, I think now is actually probably a better thing to say is make sure you also sign up to the email because they often seem to quite a... Specials. Yeah, they really do. Um, the better thing to say is sale time, team, and it's Christmas time. And if you, you know, do you buy yourself a Christmas present? We're a bit boring at the moment because we're both sort of, we, we know what we're each getting for Christmas. Um, oh, I, I don't, I don't you buy You didn't get her an Christmas. iron, did you? No, I got her a cookbook. No, no I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. Did you, what, did you choose your own? Uh, we kind of chose together what I needed to get. What you needed? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm hard to buy for too. Yeah. <laughs> cramp. <laughs> bit of cramp, bit of hamstring bit of cramp. cramp. You must be trained to outlet that. Actually, I might doing. tell Joe to go on here. Trybuys.com. So, because she's going, what do you want for Christmas tonight? A pair of swing goggles for Bevan. No, because I've got the Kona ones. Oh, it's true. They're pretty cool, those Kona ones, I have to say. Um, and you feel kind of cool when you go to the pool and you've got the Kona ones on, even mm-hmm. though you race people still think you have. But yeah, so if you need some try gear and it's coming up Christmas time, this is where you send your friends and family and say, look, go on there, go on a specials page. I need a new top. There's one, there's a two times you one, it's only 30 bucks. You know, it's in your it's in your cheap ass price range. <laughs> 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 and, okay, bikes. 
Jesus. Yeah, while you're there, while you're getting my, my bloody twenty dollar top, just get me a get me a sweet new bike while you're a there. A TT bike, twenty five percent off frame for less than a thousand bucks. Less than a man, it's a pretty nice looking frame too. Mm. So if you're thinking Christmas, think try buys. Go on there, tell your friends and family. Maybe even just you know, it's kind of like because for guys, it's hard to buy for, and so you know, like when you have a Christmas register. Yeah. What you do is you go on try buys. And you say, these are the products I want. Send out an email to everyone who buys to you. <laughs> Give me gifts. Can't yeah. do that. Yeah, well, no, but, you know, because the problem for, like, Joe's like, what can I get you for Christmas? And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm sure I can come on Tribys and pick out a few things. Right. So, I had a try t-shirts. The other good thing, if you want a stocking filler for somebody, Blue 70 toe covers, equality. 14 bucks. 14 bucks. Isn't that brandy, John? That's right. Isn't that brandy? Yep. Get your new seat on there as well. Oh, I need some new cycle pants, actually. Okay, shoes. Okay, and lastly, athlinks.com. Good old athlinks.com. I'm going to pull them up, John. You start talking. So, if you want to... Oh, excuse me. Are we tiring you, John? Oh, yeah. It's so been um, It's been a big week. So, if you uh, want to comment on our blog, uh, or not comment on our discussion of the week, you always just go on to Athlinks, go, click on the um, IM Talk page, and you can always find our discussion of the week up there. So, feel free to comment on that. And that's something you can actually do within your own community. So, what you can do on um, Athlinks is you can set up your own tri club or something like that. And if you go to the tri clubs, for example, because what well, I'm putting a, a thing in our newsletter this week, so we're going to bolster up our number of members. Oh, it's just slowly starting to. No, 20, 20 members we're 10% of our members on there we've got about 200 members in our club and you're good and uh, still I'm a member nice. yeah, yeah. So, so we've got some illegit that was when I was fit look at that I won that day that was the day I beat Montgomery yeah. I beat him up the hill <laughs> <laughs> I might have to do some editing there um, so anywho um, yeah so what you can do because you know like throw you there didn't I <laughs> you did throw me a little bit there when you have communities you know, people are so busy nowadays and they keep in contact. Mm-hmm. And each week or even a couple of weeks on your club, you can kind of have a discussion yep. and just chuck it out there and say, this week, this is what we're talking about. And it can be a, a question that coaches can come back to. That's right. Or it can be a, just a, a, an overall discussion, kind of like what we do on the show. And that way, it's just getting people more involved in your community. And one thing about communities is that the more people feel involved, the more they participate in the things that happen. Yep. So, you know, that's where a place like Athlinks is really good for your community. You can opt in rather than people just sending you stuff this is people's chance to opt in so you get people buying into it yeah it's, like that's it. good work okay then uh, Athlinks for sponsors are trybuys.com get on there for Christmas specials coffees of Hawaii get and some tea, tea and a tea diffuser yeah and athlinks.com and get your mates on there nice beautiful and make sure you keep updating your results yeah make sure you keep updating your results yeah. anything else John anything else we need to say that's like Jesus, no no no. On. no yeah no, no. okay John What's your goss? What's been happening in your life? I'm going to try camp tomorrow. Try camp starts tomorrow. How long? What's, what's five, happening in try camp? Five day junior five try days. camp. Got to give a little bit of love to some uh, listeners who help out with our junior program. Okay. Hopefully I get them all. Uh, Rob. Oh, this is dangerous, John. Rob Holt. Because you know you're going to forget someone. Rob Holt. Go, Rob. I see he's on, uh, yep, on, on our club on... Uh, on Athlinks, right. see that's Rob right there, racing Kona. Oh, look at Rob go. Nice, nice as life. He's an army man. Yeah, he is an army man. Well, don't mess with Rob Holt. No, Rob. Then you got William Hunter. Cap in your knee. I don't know if William's on there or not, but he's uh, he did uh, the North Face, North Face um, 100 mile ultra this year. Done a few Ironmans as well. Oh. And Rachel Harris is she on there? Yes, she is somewhere on yeah. there. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> fellow who has the uh, that guy. The, Andrew Winter, he, he's not helping out with the yes. program, but he wears the... Uh, the yeah, he's got the Iron Torch jersey. 
So those people are helping out with our junior program. And this weekend we've got a more of a junior elite camp. So what are you doing? Five days. First couple of days doing quite a bit of video analysis. Um, so doing we're basically doing some five one k reps, get it videoed, look at stride rate, stride length, and then the next day we're going to be doing a swim time trial, videoing that. Day after that, biking up to Hamner. Then we'll, next day we're doing a bit of stuff in Hamner, another bike, and then biking home. So what are the kids like solid. at the long rides? Can you still dominate them in the long rides? Uh, current fitness, there would not be any domination uh-huh. held. And then you just play the coach, oh, I'm just looking after everyone. Yeah, just making sure everybody's okay. <laughs> oh, I better just drop back, make sure those girls are okay back there. They look like they're always struggling. So that's, that's what I've got planned for my week. Uh, and Bevan, you got anything exciting happening? Well, there's a couple of big things that happened in my life, John. First of all, I met my daughter's boyfriend. Oh, right. Yeah, because she's yeah. been seeing a boyfriend. My daughter's nearly 13. She's been seeing a boyfriend for eight months, which is encouraging. Yeah. She's got a stable relationship at nice. an early age. I don't think it's the one, but, no. you know, like, it's still, it's a good start. And uh, I think they may have even kissed. So, and that may be passing, John. So, because how old were you when you first passed? About then, I would have Yeah, it's about then when you do your first pass. So, I think she may have done a first pass. So, came around last Friday night, Mm -hmm. popped his head in, stayed around for half an hour. I got a hello and a goodbye. (laughs) So, but he was quite shy. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if he's always shy. He's a sporty kid. Nice. He seemed like a nice young man. Good. Yeah. And uh, so she off to high school then next year, is she? Or? No, because she's the oldest kid in class. Oh, okay. So she's going to be like 13 and so it, it's kind of yeah. intermediate. Yeah. So so that was very exciting. I didn't do the hard-ass dad thing. Okay. I did the friendly dad. Nice. Because I actually have I'm a theory. Okay, I, what's your theory, Ben? Well, because what happens is when you get 13, your kids get 13, they don't actually want to listen to you anymore. No. They don't understand how brilliant you are. <laughs> and, and, and I tell her every day, she just doesn't get it. So the thing is, is you're better off to, to become mates with their partner. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, and become mates. And his name's Bo. So, me and Bo, oh, next time he comes around, we'll become a bit tighter. And I'll go outside, play some B ball, and nice. just build the relationship, John. And then have influence through Bo yeah. to my daughter. Do you have any cool sayings like, Bo, I'm going to pop a cap in your ass and you're around? <laughs> no, but the other day, I went around to a friend's house. She had gone to a friend's house up to school and had to drop some stuff off. And I, I went down and I said, I was tired then. And the father goes, Oh, no, I, don't, I think they've gone bowling. <laughs> They've actually gone to Bose. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, speak great cyclist called Bo Hamburger. That was his name. Bo, Bo Hamburger. That's, Hamburger. that's bloody brilliant. Yeah. But the other thing is, John, I've learned magic tricks. Okay. Do you know card tricks? Yeah, it's pick up 52. I'm not playing. No, no, but you know, next week I might bring some cards. Okay. Because I've learned some. My nephew's really into card tricks. Do you think cards is going to come off well on a podcast? Yes. Mm. I think they will. Okay. I think this could be the best show ever. Yeah. It'll be the show of the year, John. It will be. And so I guess what we've got next week and then. The week are oh yes no next week might be it well, I'm away the next week after that well you go away before Christmas I go away on the 27th we go up to the Criteria oh we'll do a show before we're going to have a Christmas show John you can negotiate with Belinda me doing a show before we drive up to Criteria well, when, do you, when do you go to Criteria uh, we'll be leaving at about 8 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday no we'll do it on Monday okay come on John for okay. the team okay for the team Jeez. and then over and then we'll do best of the years we'll have probably two best of the years and then we into Epic Camp and we'll chew you guys can choose what the best of the years are so we'll do this discussion in the week it's maybe. got to be some Hawaii stuff though I'm sure David Scott will probably come up no, uh, I know this is going to be a long show <laughs> really? Uh, this is a final thing picture this Bevan you're, oh, wait a second. <laughs> you're, you're in a race I'm posting my eyes and I'm you're, you're in a race yeah oh you, yeah I'm going fast you've been, you've been, you're, you're not such a strong swimmer oh, oh I'm back at the swim this is actually perfect for you you're, you're not such a strong swimmer you've been left behind a little bit in the oh, swim man. and your bike's strong you've been riding through the field really yes, well killing you Likewise, on the run, you're running through the field and uh, and you're catching up to say like the second or third place oh, female. Nice. You're going into the finishing shoot, 
the paparazzi are snapping, would you try to smoke the female? I've had this situation. It? Have you? Yeah, Christchurch Marathon. Yeah. She was winner. It was the winner. I was oh, beating okay. her. And what did you do? Well, I, I didn't get a very good photo. I needed to take me. That's okay. Well, who was well, this? I had somebody else who had that at the weekend in, in Phuket. Who was it? Um, Rob. And, d- and did he smoke he it? He d- didn't smoke it. Yeah. He... I was like, what the hell are you doing? Not smoking that girl. <laughs> we had a discussion in the week about this. Oh, okay. You don't have much of a memory, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> Can you remember the outro? I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. All right.